Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. We have a great topic and guest this week. Emma Bash is here to explain to, well, frankly, two childless males all about postpartum depression. She has a very, very lofty task in front of her. Emma, are you up for it? I am up for it. Thank you for having me. All right. So to get started, what is postpartum depression? Literally explain it to to us. Okay. So postpartum depression generally refers to depression that occurs either during pregnancy um, or in the onset after having a baby. I say generally refers to because the DSM uh, that refers to it as occurring in the first four weeks postpartum, but those of us who work in the field can tell you that postpartum depression can develop after a woman has had a baby sometime in that first year after baby is born. And postpartum depression is very common. When you say common, how common is it? So postpartum depression is actually the most common complication of childbirth. Um, About 15% of people will develop postpartum depression either shortly before having a baby during pregnancy or after their baby is born. So it's very, very common. That is more common than I expected it to be, yes. Yep. All right, so let's say, let's say you're a person who naturally has depression to start with. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how would you distinguish whether that's postpartum depression showing its head or, or just your standard, uh, I guess, run-of-the-mill depression? That is an excellent question and one that comes up a lot. I mean, so other than the obvious in that it has to occur kind of within the realm of pregnancy or in the postpartum period, I would say it's like developing depression when you have a zillion other stressors and challenges around you. So perhaps you're sleeping very poorly um, because you're either pregnant and uncomfortable or because you have a new baby. Your whole identity has just shifted as you've become a parent. Maybe you are someone that used to work and now you're home. So there's all these different kind of additional stressors that sort of frame what happens. That said, the symptoms are pretty similar to depression that would occur in a non-postpartum period. So in that way, it can look the same. Um, And certainly people who are predisposed to depression, either they've had it before or they have a family member who has had it, are at a much higher risk for developing postpartum depression or any of the other perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, because in fact, there are several of them that can develop during pregnancy or in the postpartum period. I've never had postpartum depression because I've never been pregnant or had a baby or, or any children, but I know that depression can make you feel and think things that, that are untrue. And I can imagine that, let's say that you're a woman who just had her first child and you have depression. How does this, I, I'm looking for the right way to say, does this transfer onto the baby? Does it make somebody question their parenting abilities? I mean, Yes, absolutely. So people who have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or OCD, um, yeah, it can really affect your thinking. So what we see a lot are um, women or dads sometimes who are exceedingly anxious about baby's well-being or they feel like they're not attaching to the baby or don't want to care for the baby. They sometimes don't want to be alone with the baby. 
they worry sometimes that some that they hurt the baby. Actually, one of the features of kind of all of the postpartum uh, mood and anxiety disorder that's really common is kind of these scary, intrusive thoughts that are sort of obsessive in nature that can happen to really anyone with postpartum depression or anxiety that can feel really scary and really disturbing to a new mom or dad who is struggling with these postpartum concerns. Thank you so much. One of the things that I've noticed that you, you said was, was dads. So yes. in, in, in my mind, postpartum depression is something that only happens to women. Is that not true? It is not true. So it is most common that postpartum depression or perinatal depression or anxiety would happen to a woman who has birthed a baby. But in fact, partners can have it. So this could be a father. This could be a, a mother who did not give birth. So a lesbian woman who was not giving birth. This can happen to adoptive parents as well. So it's not as common, but it certainly does happen. And it's not talked about enough. Explain to me how it would work with an adoptive couple. What becomes similar is sort of the symptoms. We don't have necessarily the same potential hormonal links, but an adoptive family who perhaps was waiting with tremendous anticipation to bring this child into their home, all of a sudden feeling, again, similarly, like they're not connecting with the baby. They worry about attachment. Maybe they feel like they no longer want the baby. Same kind of sleep disturbances, anxiety, mood concerns, basically the same kind of picture. What really is different is perhaps some of the things that triggered it because we don't have the hormonal changes occurring. You mentioned anxiety there, which of course is what all of that stuff sounds like. What is the link between postpartum depression and separation anxiety from an infant? Is it basically all one and the same? Meaning if mom or dad is worried about separating from it, from the well, baby or if the baby is feeling separation anxiety. Um, I wasn't thinking about the baby in this case, but for example, I, I have a friend who has a now, now two-year-old daughter and mm -hmm. she, when she has to go to work, she is just completely stressed the whole time. So I think what becomes challenging to kind of distinguish is between sort of normative new parent or parent of a young child kind of anxiety and worry. I think particularly for moms, there's a lot of common struggle between the push-pull of work and home. And then when that crosses over into kind of a more clinical anxiety or depression. And with I would say that with people who are experiencing postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, sometimes you will see that they cannot, will not separate from their baby. Sometimes you'll actually see quite the opposite, that they don't really feel like they want to connect with their baby and they're kind of eager to leave. So it could sort of go both ways. Okay. Thank you. Emma, do we know what causes postpartum depression? What's the research say? So the research suggests that there are probably several different types of causes that when they converge could create a picture that produces postpartum depression or anxiety um, or one of the other perineal mood and anxiety disorders. So broad strokes, there could be biological factors. Um, so this could be your own kind of history of mental illness, your own genetic factors. There's some question about whether there's hormonal links. There's psychosocial and environmental stressors. So just to kind of name some potential risk factors. So if you have a history of depression, anxiety, or that family history, if you have a challenging pregnancy or um, struggle with infertility treatment, if you have trauma during birth or a sick baby who's in the NICU or maybe even a baby with a difficult temperament, 
or kind of on the environmental psychosocial, if you are poor, if you're a single parent or a teen parent, if you lack child care support or family support, all of these things can kind of contribute. So broad strokes research says all of these things play a role, but probably different things combined depending on um, the particular case can kind of come together and produce this picture of mood anxiety or another of the um, perinatal mood disorders. Thank you so much for letting us know. We're going to step away for a moment, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Emma Bash and learn more about her. So we'll see you guys in, I don't know, 45 seconds. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Emma Bash, who is telling us all about postpartum depression. Emma, can you tell us about yourself? How did you, how did you go into this path in life? Absolutely. So um, I am a clinical psychologist by training, and my background kind of before getting into this field of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders is in women's health. That's what I focus on in college and in graduate school. Um, And I kind of always worked around women's issues. And I came into this particular field actually after having my first child. And um, I was on maternity leave. And when people would find out I was a psychologist, they would ask me tons of questions about what was happening for them and their experiences as new moms. And I realized that despite all my years of graduate school, I knew very little about perinatal mental health. So um, I sought out some excellent trainings. I trained at the Postpartum Stress Center in Rosemont with Karen Kleiman, who's like the godmother of this field, um, and with Postpartum Support International, and then kind of continued learning and learning from there. Emma, I understand that, like Gabe, you also write for Psych Central. Is that correct? I do. I have a weekly blog on Psych Central called Maternity Matters, um, and it is kind of a blog for all things sort of in the perinatal world. So I talk about postpartum depression, anxiety. Um, I talk about birth trauma. I talk about pregnancy termination and pregnancy loss, parenthood, fertility, kind of the whole gamut of um, women's health issues during this period of life. Okay. It's a great blog. I myself have read it and I understand a little bit of it, which I, I think shows a lot because, well, I mean, to be fair, this is not a subject that is, that is near and dear. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. You know, I enjoy reading stuff about like bipolar disorder or depression or things because I understand and want more information for myself. So if I can read something about issues that I'm not intimately involved with and still take okay. away from it, I think that shows greatness. Well, thank you. Maybe maybe greatness is overselling it, but it is on psychcentral.com. So it's definitely approaching greatness, if nothing else. (laughs) I think it's an important space to to, uh, to be talking about these issues. You know, we're we're hearing more and more about postpartum depression in the media, but we're not talking necessarily about postpartum anxiety disorders or perinatal PTSD or bipolar or psychosis. And uh, these are things that we need to be talking about and more educated about because given how common they are, odds are if you're not personally affected, you might know someone who is. 
Right. Yeah, and obviously this does affect, whenever a parent is sick, it impacts their ability to parent their child. So the faster that we can get mom and dad healthy, the better it's going to be. So in a way, this is also a a children's issue. I mean, people say, hey, save the children. Yeah, literally save mom and dad, save the children. So uh, to to back it up for a moment, what is the solution or, and I don't even think solution is the right word. I was going to say cure, but what's the treatment for postpartum depression? What, what should somebody do if they recognize these symptoms in themselves and they want help? Okay. So really, really good question. There are various treatments for postpartum depression um, and very, and the other mood and anxiety disorders. So That can include therapy with a trained therapist who has experience working with perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Medication is often used both in pregnancy and postpartum, including when women are nursing. Um, There are a lot of medications that we have good data on the safety on. One of the other things that's kind of like first-line intervention is to make sure mom is getting sleep um, if we have an infant at home, because as we know, with any kind of um, mental health concern, if you're not getting good sleep, it's really a problem. And so it's very much a challenge with a newborn. So we might bring someone into the home to help with nighttime feedings and make sure mom is getting some rest. So that could be someone like a postpartum doula or a nurse or family could even come in. Another thing that's really common and I think is really, really helpful are peer support groups. There are a lot of them. Postpartum Support International is a great resource to find peer support basically anywhere. There are leaders. Generally, there are people who've had their own kind of personal experience, and they can help connect you to groups that are happening all the time. That is a lot of information and incredible. This is information that up until you started speaking, I did not know existed. Uh, Okay. So... Let me ask you this. Do you think that, yeah. and, and this, is, this is an exploratory question, so please feel free to tell me that I've just got it completely wrong, but could some of this be caused by new mothers feeling like they need to do everything? There's a lot of pressure on parents now to be perfect parents, and that is, it's, I, I don't know if it's quadrupled onto women, but you know, a lot of my female friends are like, no, I have to have a job, I have to keep a clean house, I have to have, be the perfect wife, etc. And does all of that sort of converge and, and cause this? Or am I just completely off my rocker? So you're not completely off, I would say that it's not causal, but it's certainly an exacerbating thing. So I think it doesn't cause it at all, because we really know that with all of these kind of um, depression, anxiety, OCD, bipolar, they're much more of like a genetic, hormonal, background to all of this. But I think in terms of situations that escalate the problem, absolutely. So, you know, you take a new mom who is already maybe on the verge of some depression, anxiety, and then you tell her she has to appear perfect in public. She has to take care of her house. She has to work. She has to breastfeed all of these things at once. It's going to make it feel very, very difficult for her to feel like she's doing anything right to get sleep or to seek out support. So I think they are, these are things that certainly make the picture worse and certainly increase the stigma around seeking help or feeling like you don't actually have it all together. Thank you. We are approaching the end of the show, I think. So if you had one specific thing that you wanted everybody to know about postpartum depression, what would that be? Oh, this is a hard one because I have a, a few things, but I'll try to distill it quickly. So one, it's common. As I said earlier, 15 to 20 percent will experience postpartum depression or anxiety. It's treatable. If you seek help, I recommend at the first sign of a concern that you seek help. 
that you can get better. I think it's also worth stating again that there's a whole range of perinatal concerns, including OCD, bipolar disorder, psychosis, and PTSD. So that, you know, being on the lookout for those kind of concerns, if you have risk factors, um, are certainly something to to note. But bottom line, if I had to sort of say that sum it all up, please, please, please get help. There is absolutely no reason to suffer. There are numerous treatments available, lots of trained people available. There are warm lines online and hotlines online. There's always kind of somewhere to go if you need help and you should get it. Fantastic. And just to reiterate, seeking help for postpartum depression doesn't make you a bad parent. And in in fact, it it sounds like it makes you a great parent because you're seeking help for your issues so that you can be the best parent that you can be. Absolutely. It's putting your oxygen mask on so that you can take care of yourself and you can take care of your baby and your family. That's wonderful. On that note, we're going to go ahead and close the show. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And Emma, thank you so much for being on the show. Please go check out her blog, Maternity Matters on psychcentral.com. And remember, everyone can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psychcentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email TalkBack at PsychCentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.